0: Hi, guys, and welcome to the What Else podcast. My name is Sarah Boss, and I am so excited for our guest today. Her name is Lauren Widrick. She's a sales coach, and she is the creator of Slay Your Side Hustle and Sales Swagger, which are her two coaching programs. And if you've been following me for the past couple months, you would know that I am actually in the Sales Swagger program, or rather, it just ended. I've been in it for the past three months, and Lauren has been my sales coach. She has pushed me to do amazing things in my business, and I'm so excited to bring her onto the podcast to bring some of that coaching to you. If you are a business owner, a side hustler, or even considering having your own business, you need to listen to this episode. And with that, let's hear Lauren. Hi, my name is Sarah Boss, and you are listening to the What Else podcast. I'm a chemist turned launch strategist, and I help business owners launch their courses, programs, and products so that they can gain influence and get paid. Owning your own business opens the doors for great freedom and opportunity, but it can also bring a lot of self-doubt, overwhelm, and insecurity. On this podcast, we talk about marketing, analytics, and tactile tips to own a business you love, but we can also talk about life behind the desk. We ask the questions, and then we ask, what else? Because we're just nosy like that. Come join us and our many guests as we leverage our businesses to create the life we dreamed of. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for being on the What Else podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. I love your podcast. I listen to it all the
1: time. So being a guest is like a fangirl moment. I'm super excited.
0: I'm having a fangirl moment because I am so excited for my listeners to get to hear the coaching and the wisdom that I get every week. And I just know this is about to be a baller podcast. Oh, yeah. It's the only way we know how, girl. It's the only way we know how to do things. So I want to jump right in. So for those of you who do not follow her, Lauren Woodrick is a sales coach, a certified life coach, and um, she's also my coach. And I have been so positively influenced by just being in her circle and being able to have her as a coach for my own business has been amazing. So I'm very excited to share that with you guys. Lauren, something you teach is sales swagger. If you go on your, any of your socials, you talk about swagger a lot. How do you find your swagger? What does that mean? You know, why did you pick that word? It's such a good question. and something I've been marinating on for Five years now.
1: What is swagger? Why do I want it so badly, and why should anybody care? I've landed on this definition. Swagger is simply freedom. Think about it. When you encounter somebody with swagger, they give zero F's. And by the way, Sarah, can I curse on here? Or shall we? Yes. Give?
0: No. Yes, you can. We. Um. I think we tr- we try to minimize the F bombs, but everything else is free, right? <laughs>
1: All right. I'll minimize the F bomb. So I'll stick with the way I said it. They give zero F's. Like think about somebody who has swagger. They They have a strut in their step. They say what's on their mind. They're not afraid. And the way I would define it is swagger is freedom from fear of failing and effing up. That's all it is. I always say people who have swagger, they aren't immune to failure. It's not that they aren't failing or they figured out how to do everything perfectly. It's that they are okay trying something and failing and dusting themselves off and trying again. So to me, that's swagger. And I have a cute little phrase I say all the time, which is get your mind right, get your shit tight and know you'll be all right. That's kind of my little formula of how to get there. So what swagger is, is freedom, how to get there. You work on your mind, you actually get your stuff tight. You create products and systems and messages that you're proud of and that feel clean and good to you. And then know you'll be all right. That's the whole failure thing. Just know that when you put it out there, you're not going to die. It's all going to be okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, when I um when I first saw this sw- when you first started teaching about swagger, to me, I, it was something that I was like, I don't like in the beginning, I was like, I don't, you know, it was a cl- cliche word, and I was I, I wasn't sure what to do with it. I was like, okay, this is something I see the energy she has, and I know I want to grab it. I know I want to use it. I know I want to find that. I just don't know what that looks like for me. And it absolutely I think is different for everyone, but I think that general like feeling is the same in that the confidence that you have like instilled in me and that I've watched through you, I'm like, okay, that's swagger. And anytime I faltered or, you know, I was unsure, the, your methods to, cause it is really, it's, it's tactical methods. It sounds very like, whoa whoa you need to find your swagger, like all that kind of stuff, but it is very tactical and saying, okay, you have to set yourself up in the right mindset to be successful. Um, and you have like, give me the steps. you like, these are the things you need to do to find your swagger. And I'm like, okay, we're going to ride this train. You know, we're just going to do the thing. And you get there and you're like, oh, this is what she's talking about. <laughs> you're right. So, Sarah
1: is in a program of mine that's called Sales Swagger. So it's applying all that stuff I just said to revenue growth. And you're right. It's the method and the mojo. You need both. You can't have um, someone described it to me recently as the practical woo. Like you can be a woo-woo manifestation lover, but without action, it won't go anywhere. And vice versa, you can take all kinds of crappy action and without the right energy, it won't go anywhere. So we're here to talk about the method and the mojo, but I'll tell you what, I've learned over five years of growing my business to this level, that it's 80% mojo. What you do is not the hard part. Reaching out to people on the internet is a rather like rote activity, but it's the energy that you attach to it, which has those messages land on people, attract people and motivate you to keep going when it gets hard. So I gotta say the mojo is... I'm with you. I'm a left-brain person. Uh, my past life was in investment banking, technology. You know, I've got the logical left brain too, but I have trained myself out of that to remember. Without the mojo, the actions don't resonate.
0: Yeah. So, so let's talk about that. You started in corporate, and you were like corporate, corporate, where it's fancy, yeah, right? You had an office, like the whole thing,
1: right? I did. I did. So I started in corporate right out of school in 2005. So I graduated with an information systems degree, came to work at one of the big banks in Charlotte. And was there for 13 years. And it was in 2015, after having a bit of a career and a life breakdown, that I realized this isn't what I'm passionate about. This isn't what I want to do the next 30 years of my life. Bank software is cool and all, but I'm not going to do this until I'm 65. I'm just not. So in the midst of this crisis, I ended up, as crazy as it sounds, hiring a life coach who opened my eyes to this whole industry. Because I'll admit it, the left brainer in me was like, okay, I'm going to hire this life coach, but is this a real thing? Or is this fluffy, hippy, dippy therapy type stuff? It turned out to be very real and very useful because coaches, which you and I both are, Sarah, ask people simple questions. What is it you actually want? And why don't you have it yet? What are the impediments that are between you and the thing that you desire? It's like such a simple question, right? But yeah. it brings up all of the roadblocks. Well, I would love to quit my corporate job and become a life coach and all, but what about money? What about other people's perceptions? What about how to get clients? Well, how do you start an LLC, a website? Like all the questions come up. But the truth is all those questions are figure outable. Just like the work you and I do together, Sarah, how do I sell and find clients? Like it's all figure outable. And that's what coaches do. That's what you and I do for our clients is we reveal that all that overwhelming shit is actually something that you can break down and begin to tackle. So that's what I did. I ended up side hustling for two and a half years while I worked on the trading floor of a global bank. And the only reason it took that long is because I got unexpectedly knocked up the second month of my business with second baby. So I ended up staying at corporate through my maternity leave, which was actually a blessing because it allowed me to grow my business responsibly, learn sales, screw it up, be terrible at it, figure out what it is I want to do, whether it was life coaching or business coaching. And in 2018, middle of 2018, I actually escaped. I took the leap out as terrifying as it was and began to do this full time. And I've been doing it full time ever since. It's been awesome. It's been a roller coaster. It's been petrifying and exhilarating all at once, which is what we sign up for when we decide to become (laughs) these crazy entrepreneurs, right?
0: Oh, for sure. I think that's why, like, you know, anybody needs a coach at any level. Find somebody that's like a couple steps above you and then grab onto them because everybody, like, i always think of it as like holding hands, like, like Lauren, you've pulled me up and, and leveled me up and I'm holding your hand, like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And then at the same time, I have a responsibility to turn around and grab the next person's hand and be like, okay, you're coming with me. Like girlfriend, we got to go. We got places to be, we got things to do. Um, so that, so you were in corporate, you side hustled. What was the first thing that you sold, because even if back then it may not have felt like a launch, like it's a launch, no matter how messy. What was the first first thing that you sold? You're right. So the first thing I
1: ever sold as a brand new coach, side hustler, was one on one private life coaching. And I did that for the balance of my side hustle. Those two and a half years. I just worked with people one on one, whether and we called it life coaching, but some of them wanted career coaching, executive coaching, and whatever. Right after I left corporate, so in 2018, I got the bug to do B2B corporate sales. I wanted to go in and have Duke Energy and JLL and these, you know, Wells Fargo's of the world hire me as their Wendy from Billions. If you've ever seen that show, Billions, they have a performance coach. I wanted to be Wendy from Billions. And I did that for about a year and found, I didn't really love it. Remember, I escaped corporate and yet yeah. here I was Wells back trying to be accepted by corporate, it just wasn't a good look for me. And so finally in 2019 is when I did, I'm actually leading up to your question, is when I did my first launch. I found over, you know, those three years prior of coaching, more and more people were coming to me asking, not how do I fix my life, Lauren, but how do I do what you did? How do I get the hell out of corporate and start my own business? And so I was like, okay, I've done this enough privately for people. I'm going to bundle this up and try and do a little group coaching program. So in 2019, I launched Slay Your Side Hustle. Which is my most popular and well known coaching program. It helps you go from concept to cash flow in 90 days. Now, Sarah, to call it a launch would be a bit of an overstatement because it was a group coaching program with four people. And then the next launch had nine people. And then the next launch had 12 people. And then for a little bit, I didn't do it in launches. I left it as an open rolling container where you could just sign up when you signed up. And then I did my first, what I think you would probably call a traditional big ass launch. At the end of last year, at the end of 2020. And it's all the same program, slayer side hustle, slayer side hustle. So that's kind of the directory of my launches. I think I was launching before I knew to call it that. It was more like, hey, I need four people to start, or I need nine people or 12 people to start on this date. So we can all do this thing together.
0: Yeah. I think that a lot of times that's how it kind of starts out. You're like in the middle of it. It's like the main purpose, you just gotta sell. And you you got a thing and you gotta sell. And I think it was so smart and something that I find, you know, I think that a lot of business owners who are in like a service business working one-on-one get to this point where either they realize it, or a lot of the times it's me being like, Hey, like you really need to see this, that, you know, there's only so far that that can go. Um, like it's not necessarily sustainable to have all these one-on-one clients. You're not going to be able to one maximize your income and two maximize how many people you're helping. And your Slayer Side Hustle program looks amazing. Um, the way that you have designed it. And the, I really like the rolling enrollment kind of model. Um, I think that's just been really cool. I know a lot of the people that are in that program or graduated from that program, and it's clearly a good one. Um, but... First thing you got to do is like sell that first one and selling sales. You know, we talk about sales swagger, that word, not swagger, but sales really gets people nervous in any, if you're a business owner, if you're a consumer, you know, it just feels slimy, but you teach how to do it in a really organic and very friendly way and a way that is you know, comfortable for both parties. How do you do that? It took time. I
1: was terrible at sales at I mean, terrible, not just bad at it and meaning a, a low closing ratio, but I hated it too. And so those first couple of years, especially in the side hustle phase, it was the struggle bus. It was lots and lots of creepy messages, lots of networking events, lots of Crap that didn't really go anywhere. And finally, I hired a sales coach of my own in late 2018, a few months after I left out so that I could learn to sell with love. And that's what she taught. So what I learned through that process is sales is not a situation where you're on the opposite team and you're trying to like bamboozle somebody into buying your thing. You're actually on the same team and sales is where the work begins. I love helping people break out and do more than they believed they were capable of. Well, guess when that first conversation can happen? The sales conversation. So instead of sitting across from somebody and saying, I hope they buy my shit. I hope I impress them enough and convince them that it's good enough. I approach it with a lot of curiosity. Can I actually provide a breakthrough for this person? So if, some, if somebody comes to me and they're like, I need help with sales. I'm like, I don't know if I can help you yet, sister. Let me learn more about you. What's holding you back? Those simple questions are you willing to try it differently? Are you willing to see it differently? And if you do it right, it's not a sales conversation. It's a coaching call. And you get yeah. to deliver your work. I mean, this is what I was made to do. So every sales call for me is frankly a coaching call and that's fun. And that's if they leave with a breakthrough, whether they buy or not, I'm cool. And that detachment that I'm cool energy is what sells. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a gift, right? We talk about leading with value. I'm not the person who came up with that phrase, but my whole sales swagger method is lead with value, give first, provide information, provide an ear, be be of service before you ask for a damn thing. And that's why I don't mind doing sales cuz it just feels like I'm running around sprinkling gifts on everybody. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that thought process. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's definitely, I mean, just looking back on when I met you and you absolutely, like the first time I talked to you, I remember it was great. It was great. And immediately I was like, done. I'm done. I don't care. This is my gal. Um, You know, we got on the call and you, I think you were just like, Hey, like, what's up? Tell me about your business. What's going on. And of course there's a reason I reached out to you so I was like, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm feeling. Here are all these emotions. And I had a specific problem and you pulled out a piece of paper. I don't know where you got it from. You just had, like had this piece of paper, you <laughs> took a pen, you slapped it in front of the computer and you said, all right, all right, let's do this. And so we talked and during it, you were like writing, I mean, literal calculations guys, cause I was working on pricing and I didn't understand my packages. And like, I got off the call having that problem actually solved. I was like, I know what to do now. And if that's what she could do in 30 minutes, like what's going to happen if I'm with her for two months and then here we are. So obviously it's a great method, but you are a model for leading with value. And I've loved that. I love watching your social media. I love watching you do it within saleswagger. It's been awesome. That first time that you launched the, where you said, okay, I'm going to have a group program. So that's kind of a lot of it's like inner mindset of saying, okay, this is what I'm selling. Like this is, you know, I have spots, I need to fill them. What did you do that first time to fill those spots and what has changed since then? Yes, such
1: a good question. So I would say the first time I opened the group to that just small handful of people, it was just high touch sales. So I didn't really have an email list. I had 400 followers on social media. I didn't have any of the things that we would hope to have in a traditional big launch. So it was literally, I call it fairy dusting. It's my term for connecting directly with humans. You know, there's a lot of things we do in sales. There's marketing, there's email, there's content, you know, there's all the stuff that we do, but nothing replaces connecting with human beings. So I just fairy dusted the crap out of everyone I knew and said, hey, anybody looking to start a side hustle? How about you, who has a side hustle? And just, uh, I did post in a couple of Facebook groups. That was an effective way to get leads. Uh, There was a Facebook group called Girl Tribe, which is no longer in Charlotte, and Pink Mentor Network, which is in Charlotte. Just uh, ideal clients in that group. So I did a few posts there, a lot of fairy dusting, and filled, you know, clued together this amazing group of people. So it was very um, joyful, but labor intensive, right? Fast forward, however much, you know, year, year and a half later, and I've been studying what you do, Sarah, launching. What is a freaking launch? I didn't know to use that term back then, right? Back in the days, a year ago, but you get my point. Now I'm learning from you as well. Like, what does it take to put together a launch? Okay. I think it includes emails, (laughs) content, webinars, ads, uh, follow-up. Like I'm still learning what it is too, but I did my first proper launch. Like I said, at at the end of last year. And it is so different. It's so different. You're shifting from high-touch sales to letting marketing do some more of the heavy lifting for you. But this is the thing I wanted to share on this podcast with your people. I believe that if you're in year one, two, three of business, you know, unless you're Amy Porterfield with hundreds of thousands of followers and millions on ad spend and all of that stuff, that high-touch sales doesn't go away. Yeah. So I believe that all of the, like the launch plan is the backbone. You need to send out the emails and the ads and the webinars and fill your funnel. And you have to do those things. I'm learning that too, but there's no substitute for fairy dusting the human. Like what a gift that somebody spent an hour with you on your webinar. Yeah. Right. Until you have the number, until you have 10,000 people on that webinar, I would send each person a warm personal note. And that's what separates us from the people who launch and crash and launch and crash and content, content, content machine that never ends up in leads. The warm personal touch cannot be substituted. That's the fastest path to revenue.
0: Yeah. And I, um, like you said, so that first launch you had four people, then Mm -hmm. I think you said it was nine and then 12 and like that keeps growing. And that's something that, you know, people forget, like the word launch Has like a a lot of a lot of oomph behind it and makes it makes a lot of people think, okay, I do this once and then and then it is like a launch and crash. And if this doesn't go absolutely a hundred percent, then yeah, I crashed and burned and like that didn't work. Absolutely not. That first launch is like a warm up, like it's like you're getting ready for the race, and every time you launch. You know, you've got these amazing efforts going on, but that's just as much lead generation and like audience warming as the lead generation part of that launch. Each launch is building on the other to make the next one even better. And clearly you did that correctly.
1: Yes and no. There's a lot that I've learned from you in working with you. Like This is one of the best part about my my groups is that I have badasses that I can learn from. Like it serves me as much as I serve them. So it's like amazing experience for me. So listening to Sarah talk about launching and planning in advance, that's what I'm gonna do differently next time. So Sarah, I read your lead magnet. What What's the name of that lead magnet, the five?
0: Five ways for a burnout free launch.
1: Yes, a burnout free launch. So I read this thing and I was like, damn, I have the smartest clients. So <laughs> I miss all that stuff. I was like, all right, it's, I forget the exact date, but it's November 1st, the launch starts today oh crap, I need to build like six Kajabi pages and like, oh dear. <laughs> and like, I got to write emails right? I don't have any emails planned. And like, oh God. So I didn't have a thing planned in advance. It was fly by the seat of my pants. So every couple of days we were in a fire drill.
0: Oh, that's not a good feeling.
1: I know. Which is why people like me need you to plan. Cause it, it was a burnout situation in the middle of the launch. I took three days and crashed out. Wow. So, that's why it's important to have somebody like you let's set you up to succeed so you don't fry out and miss out on revenue and amazing clients.
0: I like how you call, you called it a fire drill cuz I know what that feels like. I've I've been through those before and it's exhausting. And after doing yeah. it, you know, over and over and over again with other clients, I was like there's a method to the madness. I know it. And so I started recording what I did. I was like, okay, what is the checklist? Like there must be some sort of thing where if I go one, two, three, four, these are the things I do, I get a launch and got that together. I was like, okay, this is what you do. If you run through this process, of course, everyone's going to be different. Every launch is different. You're going to have different energy, but the basic concept is the same and it does not have to be a fire drill at all. The launch itself should be easy. It should feel, you know, that's when you get to sit in that seat and say, okay, like this is me spreading my love to my clients. This is me welcoming people in, you know, this is, you know, everything's done for me. Everything's good. My marketing's done. Like my people are going out. My emails are going out. Everything is going out. Now I just get to sit here and enjoy. I get to sit here and launch from a place of joy and not stress because your sales, I mean, that's, uh, that even sounds, woo-woo. your sales will, what am I trying to say? Well, I'll,
1: this might not be what you're going to say, but they'll flow
0: in because you're not free. Yeah. If you're launching from a place of stress, your sales will be penalized. Like you You will not get more sales, like more sales. And if you're sitting there and you have the time to, as you say, fairy dust, you have the time to spread those, you know, messages to say, Hey girl, how you doing? I think this would really help you when somebody is unsure if, you know, people will notice that people will notice that calm energy and be much more attracted to that. So see all of this backbone planning organization, is kind of
1: woo-woo. Is it not yeah. like
0: oh it is oh yeah you but you yeah. got to come out at it from an energy that puts everything in the, in the right place.
1: Yeah. And so that's what I'll be doing. I've learned so much from you. This is what I'll be doing on my next launch is actually taking 30 so 30 or so days to just plan out the emails, plan out the content, build out the sign up pages, like get all of that stuff built so that I don't have to waste precious daylight hours building that stuff. And instead I can be listening, engaging dusting, valuing, reading the room. Like that's what, so, you know, putting out bomb content and like yeah. Instagram stories and stuff that just wraps people up. That's what I want to do. Not sitting behind a computer, like clinking away at Kajabi.
0: Yeah. You want to be able to have that time to, to talk to people. That's the whole point. I think of it kind of like, um, like for people who have a side hustle or, or for business owners, even who do it full-time, you know, When it's either like, if you have a side hustle, you'd like came home from your full-time job and you get to go home and like work on your thing and it feels good. It feels warm. You're like, yes, I get to create my thing. And then if you're a business owner, although I try to take off weekends, I think every business owner does like you have some Saturdays or Sundays where you just feel good and you go in Canva and you create some amazing graphics. You go on your website and you update it and it looks beautiful. Like you, that feeling of, oh, like I get to create for, for my business. I get to create and make this better from, because I want to, because I'm sitting in this place where I have that time and I'm not being pressured to do it, which is why, you know, Saturday work to me. I love it. It feels so good because it's, it doesn't have that same pressure that work on like a Monday or Tuesday does. That's what I think launch prep. That's how I think about launch prep. It's like you get to sit and you don't have the pressure of having the launch, like going on and people, you know, you underestimate how much energy and time it takes to t- to talk to people to actually right. reach out and then you're trying to get everything together and it feels like a fire drill and mm-hmm. that's that's no place to be you got it. You got it. Oh my gosh. Saturday. I I always am like, don't, you know, with my business friends, I'm like, take the weekend off, like all that kind of stuff. But I will say a good, like Saturday morning in bed with your computer, like getting some stuff done. I'm like, Ooh, that feels good. Um, but something, something that you've really helped me with and that I really want to hear you. I want to hear you preach on Mm -hmm. is fear And doubt because no matter who you are, where you are in business, when you're in a launch, you're going to have a moment where you like wake up and you're like, everything's gonna fall to pieces. Everything I'm doing sucks. Like, you know, you just have those moments that, and I I think that everybody does, which is when you need a coach, when you need friends, when you need somebody there to kind of pull you out and say, hey, like, no, you're doing the right thing. How do you push past the doubts? How do you get past the fear?
1: You're right, Sarah, every entrepreneur, I don't care if you make $10 million a year plus deals with fear, imposter syndrome, rejection, crappy self-talk. I know I do. I, I, that's the thing. Like I preach swagger. Swagger is not the absence of those things. Swagger is not letting those things stop you. So the first is resolution that crappy self-talk is not a deal breaker. So I tell people this all the time. I'm you know, not the smartest person in the room. I'm not the most experienced in any of this, but my superpower is that I just keep going. Like you can't stop me. So I'm going to mess up seven times and the eighth will probably work out or worse. Right. <laughs> I'll try 25 times. It's the 26th one that works. So it's just believing that you're that kind of person. Like I'm the kind of person who gets it done. So it's, it's some self-talk. Um, it is protecting your energy. Like you said, if you're showing up exhausted, hungover, stomach ache, not exercising, not caring for yourself, those fears are amplified. I, I I, don't know what the connection is. It's the mind-body connection. But if you're not protecting your your energy and your wellness, it, you're just so much more irritable and so much more subject to the fears slowing you down. Oh, yeah. And then lastly, this is a, an exercise I learned from my coach. Trust me, there, there's a thing called the, like, beat yourself up with a stick inventory. So- <laughs> on my worst days, I'm like, nothing's working. My, you know, I don't like my website. I don't like these headshots. I don't like this. I don't like that. And you know, I don't like this email I sent. And when you go down that rabbit hole, it's just, it's really hard to pull yourself out. So why not flip the script and do an I'm awesome inventory. Like I've had 80 clients. All of these people have businesses. My website attracts a lot of visitors every month. My content is on fire. Like, why not write down the inventory of things that serve you so you can pull yourself out of that dark hole? Like, what's the freaking point of beating yourself up?
0: Yeah. And actually on a piece of paper, like actually writing it.
1: Do it on a piece of paper. And so I'm not the only coach that's ever come up with this. Some people call it a gratitude list. Some people call it a superpower list. But you need a state changer because when you're going down that spiral, you have to pull yourself out or it will stop you and it will prevent you from serving the people you want to serve most.
0: Yeah. And doing it on the piece of paper gets it out of your head. Mm -hmm. That's something we talked about. It was like, I, I, when I like had a moment, I have to like, you can't just list them. That's what I learned. You can't just list them in your head because I mean, I have to get everything out of my head onto a piece of paper. And I'm like, okay, look, let's look at the reality of the situation because reality is not my brain. I promise it's not. If I get it out and I can actually say, okay, here are the things that I've done. And for me, it's even like, okay, what am I actually worried about? And if I write it down, I'm like, wait, wait, that's dumb. Okay, hold on. Scratch that. That's not. I don't even feel that. Okay. This is what's wrong. I'm like, wait, though, that's not wrong either. I'm like, let me, okay, scratch that. What's wrong? And I'll keep going. I'm like, here are all the things that I've done right. Here are all the things that I'm doing to work on, things I need to work on. My worries are all scratched out. Never mind. We're all good. I'm good. Everything's fine. See, you're a ninja at neutralizing. I think you just described the neutralizing process. Yeah
1: when you get it out of your head, where it can just like jumble around and spiral out of control, when it's on a piece of paper, you can disposition it mm-hmm. You can decide what to do with that feeling. I was coaching a group yesterday. And, um, one of the people said, I'm launching a new program. I said, okay, what's the problem? She said, I'm afraid nobody's going to want it. It's brand new. It's untested. And I said, okay, girl, is this fear real or invented? Like, cause it could be real. Have you validated that this is the thing people want? Do you like the program? Have you ironed out the deliverables? Like, do you need to get your shit tight? And she was like, no, that stuff's tight. So I said, okay, then the fear is invented. There you go. That's all fixed. Whoosh it away, you know? If sometimes, I do teach this. That's why there's the get your shit tight thing in the middle. Mm -hmm. Sometimes our fears uh, are a little bit justified. So I would ask yourself that first really quick. If you're afraid, like, oh, I created this uh, lead magnet. Nobody's going to like it. Okay, well, do you like it? Have you run it by a couple people? Do you like the graphics? Like, is it tight? I'm not saying perfection, but I'm saying, is it tight? Okay, if it's tight enough, minimum viable tightness, we'll call it, put it out there and know that the rest of your fears are about things that haven't even happened yet or might not even happen.
0: Yeah, I love that. I loved that about that process because I knew that, you know, you got to find people who are going to pull you out, but do it within reality. Like hype men are great. The go you, you're doing amazing, but false, I guess some people call it like false positivity Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, when things are actually wrong, you need somebody to say, Hey, no worries. You're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. People have gone through much worse. You've gone through much worse, but here's, here's where the holes are. And here's the solutions to plug them now actually go do the work. And that's what I loved, loved about that. Your process is I was like, I knew that she would help me say, okay, get out of your own head. Like this, you know, this is just in your brain, you know, here's where there's some reality to it. Let's fix that. Let's get that tight. And then let's move on because we don't got time for that. Which is a perfect, perfect method for what you do too, for your clients.
1: Yeah. When you're the ultimate, like get your plan tight person, Yeah, but you now have this, this swagger, the mojo, like behind it. Like, let's get your stuff tight. And and I was joking when I said minimum viable tightness. Some people will hide behind perfection. For instance, they'll spend three weeks on the lead magnet when they really need to be sharing it with people. Yeah. So we want to make sure we don't do that. But if we can get it to the point where it's like, I, I make a joke, it's like putting on lipstick before a Zoom call. Yeah. Not everybody you're, who's listening is a lipstick wearer, but you don't need lipstick for a Zoom call. You physically don't need it. But if swiping it on for 10 seconds gives you a little more mojo and high energy and removes some mental clutter, then it's totally worth the 10 seconds it takes to put it on.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I'm talking about,
1: getting your stuff tight in like 10 seconds.
0: Finding your swagger. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this has been great. As always, I knew, I knew this would be absolute fire. Um, I know that there's everybody on this podcast or everybody listening to this podcast is going to want to know where to find you. Where can they find and connect with you?
1: Yeah. Start on Instagram. My handle is just my name at Lauren Widrick, and check out my post. Beware. There's lots of colorful language in there.
0: Beware. Nice. It's great. Okay, guys, what did you think? What a great podcast episode. I loved talking to Lauren. She's always great. I I mean, I just love talking to her in real life, but having her on the podcast was so awesome, and I'm so excited that she was able to talk to you guys, and you got a little bit of a taste of what I've been doing for the last 90 days, but here's the thing. She is teaching a class this Friday, Friday, February 26th. It's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. So when I say she's teaching a class, I'm talking about, like, you're getting, like, a class. And it's an ultra-accelerated version of what I learned over those 90 days. I am so excited for this. If you're curious about what she does, curious about, you know, what I've been doing in my business, you need to come to this class. She is going to talk about how to find your soulmate clients, how to elevate your offers, get your offers and your packages tight. That is something that I really needed help with going to the program. And then how to get your messaging tight so that you are talking... specifically to the clients that you want to work with. She's, I mean, you know, you can tell from this podcast, she's amazing. I can't recommend her enough. And if you want kind of like a speed version of Sales Swagger, come to her class this Friday. I'll have all the information in the uh, show notes as always, but I highly recommend it. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you have, definitely give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or just DM me. Let me know if you have a favorite episode. I'd love to know. I've had a couple people messaging me saying, you know, oh, I really love this episode and I just love to hear that from you. So anyways, have a phenomenal day. I love you all very much and I will talk to you guys next time thank you so much for listening to the what else podcast and if you liked this episode then i've got a small to-do list for you uh first of all go ahead and screenshot this episode right now and post it on your instagram stories and tag me at sarah e boss and i can go ahead and repost your post and that helps others find the podcast as well and give me a review on apple podcasts that is a huge help with letting others find the podcast and also become best friends so don't be selfish. And finally, if you want to subscribe to my blog to get even more content, you can at sarahebossblog.com. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode.